0: Welcome again one more time to The Remnant Leadership Broadcast. I am your host, Larry Raglan. This is a podcast that we are excited about going out to the world because it's at its core, it's about leadership. And leadership is needed now more in our world than it has ever been needed before. And the remnant needs leadership and the leadership needs the remnant. So thank you for being a part of this podcast. It's growing. It's touching lives all around the world. We're getting testimonies all the time. We ask you to follow our broadcast, download the episodes, give us a five star review on your app that you're listening listening to it on. And more than anything, write us a short review and tell us uh, and tell the world as well how the Remnant Leadership Podcast has been a blessing to you. Uh, that would help us tremendously. That puts us in the algorithm and puts us in front of people that may not know anything about this broadcast, this podcast, I should say, and uh, could make a difference in their life if they're looking uh, for community, for fellowship, they think they're alone. Is anybody preaching this way? Is anybody teaching this way? Well, there is, and uh, and that you found that podcast. And so welcome, and share this with somebody. So let's get into this today. I want to talk to you about the power of, of the unknown and unnoticed remnant leaders, and I want to talk about that when we get into the remnant when we' are talk we talk so much about the remnant on this podcast in 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 my ministry and I hear more and more preachers talking about the remnant that is rising uh we got to be reminded uh ever so often that the remnant by itself is 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 called the remnant because it's what's left over it's the small amount. It's not a big. It's not a big crowd. It's not a huge gathering. And quite frankly, um, you know, I hope that every preacher that's preaching the gospel is in it for the right reason. That they're not a hireling. That they are, really are a shepherd, a man of God, a woman of God, that's preaching the gospel. But I can tell you that a lot of them are being exposed right now, and I hate to say that. I don't want to ever see anybody go down and to fall and uh, to fall into sin and backslide and leave the ministry, close down their ministry, but you're seeing it happen left and right because, you know, the Bible tells us in the last days there'll be a great falling away. So a lot of the big-time preachers, the big-name preachers that you hear about, that you've known for years, that has the hundreds of thousands of followers on social media, even millions of followers and millions of views, and they're on every Christian um, television station and radio station around the world, and i'm not being critical of anybody in particular not talking about anybody in particular but i don't think you know if you're on this podcast you're you're really looking uh deep for leadership uh you're not just a casual christian podcast um listener i mean because you listen to something like this you are very very serious about being right with god speaking the word of god not getting involved in a lot of the silliness that's going on in the body of christ um it has been, quite frankly, for years. But but as we get closer to the remnant, it is being exposed more and more. And you know, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter four, verse twenty-two, that there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Uh, nothing is kept secret that will not come to light. So in this last day, God is he's exposing um, those that are remnant in a good way, and he's exposing those that are not remnant in a quite frankly good way. For the body and for the world it May not be so good for the individual But what I'm trying to say is The the day of the big time preacher The day of the big name uh, Ooh, I know that guy I know that guy I, You know, I'm not talking about all of them But some of them are just They're losing their influence Why? Because people are tired of fake They're looking for genuine They're looking for the real deal They're looking for leaders that Have been through some stuff And that are not afraid to talk about you know what they've been through in their struggles and speaking bold and speaking plain and also standing up for biblical principles and standing up for holiness and standing up for the inerrancy of the word of God Um, and being quite frankly you hear me say this all the time but a voice and not an echo a voice in this moment they're taking uh, command of the moment they're taking ownership of the moment okay this is what God is doing now they're Here's what this podcast is about today, and and I, thank God, I've been in ministry now for over thirty years, pastoring, and you know I've been pastoring the same church coming up on twenty nine years since Sandy and I, my wife and I, pastored, uh, planted this church, but we've been in pastoral ministry since nineteen eighty nine. At the time of this recording, don't know when you're going to listen to it. It may be years from now. But at the time of this recording it was two thousand. is two thousand twenty-two. So I've been in the ministry since nineteen eighty-nine, and it's now two thousand twenty-two. So I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot. I've met a lot of preachers. Met a lot of pastors and ministries, and gone through a lot of waves of God's glory and uh, different movements that's happening. But I've never seen anything like this moment. I've you know, of course, we we as a people have never gone through anything like we just went through uh like i said this is 2022 so whenever you're listening to it certainly i'm sure it's fresh on your memory what swept this world in the year 2000 and 2001 and quite frankly in some places still going on right now in 2022 but in the in the wake of that is we see what we're talking about we see um you know god shaking you know i I love to quote uh, Hebrews chapter 12 where it talks about there will be a generation that everything that can be shaken will be shaken and until that which cannot be shaken remains. But in the midst of that shaking, almost like a sifter, that you used to see grandma use when she was getting ready to sift the flour and get the imperfections uh, out and so she had pure flour to make those biscuits and make that wonderful cornbread and all the stuff that she made there's a sifting going on, and I want you to listen to this. This is this is amazing. Um, there are things that are going on. There are people that have been faithful. They've just been showing up for years, but nobody knows their name. Nobody knows where their church is. They don't have a big social media following, but they do have the eyes, the ears, and the attention of our God. And God said he's not mocked. Whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. I believe the remnant is a church, is a move, I should say, in a revival that is sweeping the earth that is based in the local church. And there are a bunch of unknown preachers that's just been faithful, unknown prayer warriors that's just been faithful, unknown worship leaders that's just been faithful that God is about to set out on the scene. Listen to what Matthew chapter 6 Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do, a, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory from men. Doesn't that sound familiar? I mean, do you not see a lot of preachers that are just full of themselves? it's all about them. It's all about making sure they're blessed. It's, you know, it's it's not about the kingdom. Maybe it was at one time in their ministry, but now it's just, they're just doing everything they can do to get more YouTube subscribers, more social media, more Instagram, TikTok followers, all this kind of stuff. But Listen to what he says. He goes on to say in verse two, surely I say to you, they will have their reward. Verse three, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse four, that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Listen to me later. You may feel like God has abandoned you. You may feel like that you, everybody else is successful and you can't ever become successful. You may feel like you've missed it. I've been down that road so many times. Can you imagine over 30 years? pastoring preaching casting vision i have seen so many people i'm gonna be real with y'all i'm just transparent on this podcast that um quite frankly this is not a full of yourself statement but had less talent uh had less giftings uh quite frankly did not work as hard uh you know did not have to go through the things that sandy and i've had to go through and just see them explode in growth uh, Never having any trouble finance, financially, uh, everything they needed was provided for them financially. Big buildings, big churches. If you watch yourself, you get jealous. You have to guard against that spirit of jealousy. You'd be like, God, what in the world? I mean, this guy—he he can barely preach himself uh, out of a wet paper bag. I mean, he's just God Almighty. He's just okay. Stop, help me, Lord, help me stop, so that I don't be judgmental. But I'm just listening to this guy. He's not real exciting, but look! Look what's happening to him. Look what's happening. What about me, God? What about me, God? I'm just being. Listen, this is what pastors go through, especially over time. Pastors that have had to struggle, but God's kept, kept keeps teaching me, Son. I know exactly what you're doing. I know who you are. This is not a competition. It's not about him. You need to rejoice in what God is doing in His life, because what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. many times, when I feel that, when I would feel that spirit come on me. Now, I've been delivered from that spirit a long time ago, but but when I would feel that spirit come on me, God would say, "You know what you need to do? You need to sow into their ministry." Yeah, does that make sense in the natural? When you're sitting there battling the fact that you think that they've got everything handed to them on a silver platter, and you're out here, you know, digging ditches and drenching sweat, and you know his, you shake his hand, and his hands are like the smooth as a baby's bottom, and you got you got calluses all over your hands. God said, you know what you're going to do to get over this uh, stupidity that's in your mind? Sow into that ministry. Sow into it. And I would. And it would humble you. And you begin to realize it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. Now, got on a rabbit trail there. Sorry. But let me just tell you, there are there are just people that have been faithful. And, I, and let me say this. If you're still pastoring in 2022 and beyond after all that the world has gone through, you're a true pastor. You're a true servant. And let me tell you, God has not forgotten you. The unnamed, the unnoticed, and, you know, quite frankly, the unqualified in their mind and the minds of the world are God's anonymous servants. They are the unnamed men and women that God has been holding back for such a time as this. I remember a great preacher, a powerful preacher. One time he told this story about being in Jerusalem and he's going down the market in Jerusalem and he, uh, and I don't remember all the details of how he found this out, but I think it was one of his guides was describing to him, you know, I want to show you something. I want to tell you about how a lot of things, a lot of people know some of the secrets here in the market to get certain things that, that the regular, um, people that are, you know, traveling and uh, tourists and all that don't really know. He said, so he began to tell him, he goes, case in point, let's go up here to this person who is selling pottery. So they went up and they're acting like they're just browsing through the different cups and bowls and everything that this potter had made. And the one thing that was very obvious to this preacher was it was, you know, he had a pattern that he used to make all of these. The cups looked almost exactly the same. The the bows looked almost exactly the same. And they all had the same price on them. And, you know, he's browsing, looking through them. Maybe one looks a little bit shinier than the other. But there wasn't really a whole lot of variation. Well, then he said, I want to show you something. So he leans over to the potter, this, this guide in Jerusalem, and says, these are all beautiful, but do you have anything else in the back that's a little different? And the person said, oh, no, no, this is, this is, this is what I sell every day. This is, this is all we have. We don't have any other brands or products. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. And he leans over and he talks the way the, the, the natives talk, and he said, do you have any chosen vessels? And the potter stopped dead in his tracks. He said, what did you say? He said, do you have any chosen vessels? Well, at that moment, he illustrated the potter knew exactly that this guy knew what he was doing. He knew things that most people uh, that was walking the streets of the market did not know. He, did, he knew that in Jerusalem and other parts of, parts of the world, they were the potters when they would make these mass-produced these bowls and these cups, these plates and so forth. You know, you you make them out of clay or every, how you're molding them, and then you put them in the fire. And when you put them in the fire, the heat, uh, you know, sets it. And and if there happens to be some kind of strange consistency in the clay or or just it's just a number of things that could happen. Almost without fail, every batch that he puts in there, he'll pull it out, and they all look great. They all look uniform, but there's always usually one that looks a little deformed. It looks a little different. It doesn't take the same shape. It's just sort of out there different than the rest. Now, sometimes the potter will look at it and see that it's too far gone, He'll crash it, he'll start over, he'll throw it away. But many times, if it's not a huge variation, but it gives it a sense of uniqueness, that potter would know that something happened in the fire to this piece of pottery that he could not replicate again if he wanted to. Because he put them all in the same. He put them all in the same way but when they got in the fire ooh i feel the holy ghost when they got in the fire something happened to that one and it separated them and you know what that potter would do that potter would take that one out because it was it was a one of a kind it was unique he could not duplicate it again and he would set it in a certain shelf with a lock a certain cabinet with a lock on it where he kept all the ones that twisted that shaped a little bit different in the fire, and they would call them the chosen vessels. And if and if a bowl uh, would cost $5 on the table, a bowl that was put in the fire to make it look just like the ones that were $5, but yet it became a perfect, it became that chosen vessel, that something different happened to them in the fire, that $5 bowl could go to $50. Because they knew that if somebody knew to ask for chosen vessels, they were looking for something unique. And he would take those, and he took those out in that marketplace and laid them down next to all the other cookie cutter bowls and plates and cups. But the chosen vessels stood out, and they had been in darkness for so long. They had been locked up for so long. And over time, all these people that saw and bought and sold and bought and sold so many bowls and so many cups. And those poor cups and those poor bowls and those poor plates that was locked in the darkness of that cabin. Will anybody ever buy me? Will anybody ever use me? This was just sort of the analogy that he was giving. He said, but, but God is about to stop by the table. And ask, do you have any chosen vessels? I'm telling you, all over this country and all over this world, God has got some chosen vessels, unnamed, unnoticed. Uh, they're they're not famous. They they don't have that many followers. Some of them don't even have social media. Don't even know how to. Don't even have a smartphone. But you know what they do? They pray. They've been seeking God. They've been studying the Word of God, and they've been being faithful, showing up. They stayed in the fight. When everybody else quit, they're the unnamed heroes. They're the, the you know, you you you've, you remember the uh, the tomb of the unknown soldier. I was blessed to go uh, to Washington, and, and we were as a family were able to watch as the as the soldiers would march back and forth and guard the bones of the tomb of the unknown soldier. Meaning, inside that tomb were were bones of a man that they could not identify, men that they could not identify. And then they they represented all the other men and women that had died in battle that was so maimed and so broken that they could not be identified, but they were celebrated. And and they but they didn't have a name and they and they didn't have a rank and nobody even knew who they were, but they were celebrated. Let me tell you something. There There's some generals. And I'm not talking about privates. I'm not talking about new recruits. I'm talking about there are some generals that are are chosen vessels that have that nobody knows their name and nobody uh, come you know is is promoting them for the big conferences. When you see the big conferences that you go to, their names are never on the list. A lot of times they're they're in the audience like everybody else, just re- soaking up and receiving, wondering you know when God when when will you ever use me? When when were the things that you told me uh, happen would happen? Is going to actually happen, and God is saying, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't take you out right now because if I take you out right now, uh, you 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 will not have the impact that you're going to have." Uh, in, in the last days, but in the last days, when people are looking for authenticity, when people are looking for the non fake, when people are looking for something different, that, that, that when the fire, uh, was a, of, of life and the trials of a virus and the trials of a shutdown and the trials of, of, uh, violence and, and the trials of political upheaval and all the stuff that's happened in our lives, uh, seemed like we lived in eternity in, in two years, y'all. Uh, it's just so much stuff. One thing after another, God said, there are certain ones of you that when the fire is applied, uh, the majority will, would cookie cutter. They all were cookie cutter. Preachers had cookie cutter stage stage sets, uh, cookie cutter song lists. And then, then one by one, when the fire was applied, they cookie-cutter followed each other right out of the ministry. They deconstructed their faith. They, they started compromising. They started allowing others to come in and, and uh, mess up the word of God and twist the word of God. Cookie-cutter, cookie-cutter, cookie-cutter. Churches closing down left and right all over the nation. But I'm telling you, there are people walking around hungry. Is there anything real? Is there anything left that's of God? that That I can go be a part of where they used to would gravitate to the giant church they would gravitate to the ones that had the big huge screens and and multi campuses and all that I'm not against that, but this generation of lost people, this generation of dechurched unchurched backslidden they're not looking for the for the smoke and the mirrors and the and the lights they're just looking for faithfulness you know i could go I could talk about faithfulness of people in scripture. I could talk about God using small number uh, to defeat great armies. Think about Gideon's army, you know, starts out in the tens of thousands facing an enemy in the hundreds of thousands, but God has to whittle it down to 300 men. And those 300 men went in and, and won a battle against insurmountable odds. Why? Because the ones that were left did things a little different. They didn't. They weren't just thinking about themselves. They didn't. The Bible says the way they were separated is they didn't stick their head down in the water and lap like a dog. See, when you stick your head down in the water and you lap like a dog, you basically have got all of your attention on yourself. You look down in that water, all you see is your reflection, and all you can see is yourself being nourished. But the the Bible said the three hundred that survived. Where the, uh, the, that became what, what was known as Gideon's army was the ones that brought the water in their hands up to their lips. Why? Because when you do that, your head is up. You're looking around. You're caring about your brother that's right next to you. You're caring about someone that's coming, someone that's leaving. You're able to nourish yourself, but you're able to also watch your neighbor's back, your brother's back. Three hundred. You know, I think about how God, he knows everybody. He knows what they're doing. Think about Elijah. Elijah was God's prophet, and, you know, he had just got through fighting uh, the prophets of Baal and Jezebel's prophets, and, and you know, and then now he's running for his life. It's just a crazy story, and he's, he's just so full of himself. He sits up under this tree, and he says, God, basically this is, <laughs> this is my paraphrased version of it. This is what he says. God, aren't you glad that you still got me? Because it's apparently it's only me and you. I'm the only godly man left in all of the of the nation and all of the region. Thank God you got me. Because if you didn't have me, there wouldn't be nobody that was not bowing to Baal. And God says to Elijah, Hold up, brother. It's in your Bible. He says, I got seven thousand people right down at the bottom of that mountain, right there in the town you just left, that have never bowed a knee to Baal. Well, we don't know who their what their names was. Elijah certainly didn't know that they even existed, but God knew every individual that had not bowed their knee to Baal. Are y'all hearing me? There are so many unnamed characters in the Bible, unknown, unnamed, that that we have no idea what their name is. But without their stories, uh, it, the, the impact of the big picture of those stories Would not be the same. I think about the centurion uh, in Acts. I think about uh, the leper, uh, you know, and the lepers that were named in certain different uh, uh, stories in scripture. I think about the man that had a withered arm. I think about the two thieves on the cross. You know, even the one that, that went to be in paradise was still just known as a thief. You know, there were 70 disciples that were sent out that we don't know their names. You know, the 10 lepers, as I spoke of the lame man at the gate. When Acts chapter three happened, the first act of the apostles after being filled with the Holy Ghost, when they came out of the upper room, they went to the temple to pray and they found a man lame. Um, The Bible just says a man lame at the gate. But my God, his story is so powerful. Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I given to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rising wall. Well, that would have been a powerful story just, just to talk about what Peter said. But what made the story so powerful was this unnamed man jumping and leaping and dancing into the temple. The eunuch that's uh, in scripture that that uh, Philip runs down and gets up in the chariot with. The jailer when Paul and Silas were in jail at midnight uh the they sang praises unto god i could go on and on and on but these unnamed unnoticed and maybe even unqualified leaders god moved on them in a specific time some of them were godly some of them were being faithful when when their story got told but some of them were heathen some of them were were basically uh living for the devil but their stories in there because of what God came down and did. It was just incredible. It's just incredible to think about it. And I know that there are people listening uh, right now that, that are going through stuff. They're being faithful. They're trying their best to raise up a ministry, preach the gospel, be a husband, be a wife, be a father, be a mother, be a son, be a daughter, be a servant. But you've got all kinds of issues. It almost looks like God has forgot you. When I think about it, when I say issues, it just sort of dropped in my spirit. to think about the woman, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. She's literally known as the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. We don't know her name, but we certainly know her story. One of the most powerful stories has been told for thousands of years. But this woman was so powerful, unnamed, unnoticed, no Instagram followers, no, no fame. But she said within herself, when she felt like, I don't have anybody. I don't, I don't know who this Jesus is. I just heard about him. I don't, there's not a doctor that can help me. In fact, the doctors have told me, don't even come back. I don't have any money. I've spent all my money. My family has abandoned me. But if I could, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I, do, I know that I'll be made whole. And when this unnamed uh, chosen vessel God God knew that day. I'm going to open up this cabinet and let her out. She reaches out and she touches Jesus' garment and she stops Jesus dead in his tracks. He says, who touched me? Oh, the disciples said, thousands have touched you. It's me, Peter. You, You, you know who I am. You know my name. I'm right here. John, I'm right here. It was me, Father. It was me, uh, Master. Uh, John, you know me. I'm the one. that to... He goes, no, 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 no. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. And yeah, I know all your names. It was her. And he turns around and he finds this woman kneeling and weeping. He says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. My God, that's so powerful. She went from completely unclean to clean and, 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 and saved. That's just powerful. Can you just be faithful for just a little bit longer? I believe if you'll just lock down, if you'll just grab the horns of the altar and say, you know what, I've come this far, I'm not turning back now. I don't care if nobody ever knows my name, my God knows my name. But can I tell you something about being named that's so powerful? It's one thing to be known in heaven. Every believer is known in heaven. Every believer's name is known in heaven because their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But I want to tell you something that you may have never thought about. Not every believer is known in hell on a named basis. but the remnant leaders are known in Heaven. But they're also known in hell. And many of the unnamed and unknown and unqualified faithful men and women that are not known by natural fame, they don't have a lot of followers, you know, they may never be on Christian television or have their own YouTube channel. But God knows who they are. And the devil knows who they are. And let me tell you something. If you're on this Remnant podcast, the devil sure enough knows who you are because you are not wavering. You are going to be faithful. And remember that opening scripture that I said, the God that sees in secret will reward you openly. <laughs> Woo! Your time is now. God has opened the cabinet and he set you out. I'll see you next time on the Remnant Leadership Podcast.